right, let's go. Welcome into the Plank Show on a Thursday. Thursday. We spend a majority of our Thursdays with the great crew at Cavens Construction. See Amanda and Jessica's smiling faces. And, of course, Gary, who can take care of all your needs with this increased rain that we've had over the last 24 hours, maybe some roof issues start to materialize, maybe some flooding, uh, flooding, water extraction needs. Gary's got you covered. Pick up the phone and call him at 405-573-3048. Branches in Oklahoma City, Norman, Tulsa, Dallas, Wichita, you name it, Gary's got you covered at Cavens Construction. I uh, let's get the let's get the tomfoolery out of the way here in the opening segment, okay? Let's let's get all of because I have a very business like three hours for this show today, Josh Helmer. Very business. We have to be segmented. We got to hit our marks. Oh, we've got no. we've got a lot. I know, right? We got a lot of topics we need to hit because yesterday I spent twenty minutes on Big Twelve Radio talking with both Bud Elliott and Josh Pate. So I've got a lot of, here's what I asked, here's what I took away from it, what do you think questions for it to be specific from those two interviews. So, plus we have an hour full of interviews, right? Chris Humming's joining us in hour number three. Joey's joining us in hour number three. We got a slide in the uh, top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Uh, so Josh, we got we got to be tidy today. How, how you feeling about that? I'm a little nervous. I won't lie. I believe we can do it. If we set our minds to it, we are capable of getting her done. This show is essentially like a podcast. It just happens to throw in breaks. Uh, It's like every hour is a podcast, and we just have to make sure we throw in a break here or there. But I've got to be better at remembering that, no, 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 we we, we got a show beyond just our our nonstop fighting with uh, and, and celebrating the great tweets, texts, calls we take to this program. Like, I gotta, I gotta do a better job, Josh, and that's my goal today. So let, let me get the tomfoolery out of the way to begin with. I, and by the way, good morning. Do you have a good Wednesday night? Anything exciting in your world from last night? It was a terrific Wednesday night. Awesome. And, and how was yours, my friend? Good, good, good. Wednesday nights we, uh, we have a church dinner, uh, out in out in Washington. So I get to see some friends, catch up. Uh, we get rid of the kids for a while. I cleaned last night, Josh. I cleaned. You've been proud of me because uh, we dropped the kids off, and we were kind of thinking, you want to get out of here? Let's have a little date night. But then we're like, listen, they're they're cleaning. Maybe we should go help. So I ended up cleaning. I was proud of me. But I fell asleep on the couch watching Bo Jackson games that, for some reason, ESPNU was glorious enough to put on last night. So thank you. I watched a little Texas Tech struggle to get over the hump. And what else was Oh, Thunder? That last night or was that the night before? <laughs> Everything's running together. I felt like I was watching a lot of NBA last night. Watched the uh, Celtics roll, but no, no, no. It, it was a good night. Short question, long answer. It was a good night in the Plank household, right? Yeah, one, I would have swore it was last night that I was watching the Thunder and the Grizzlies. Thunder lost 123-102. But... Here's, here's what I wanted to pose to you right off the top as we welcome you into the Plank Show on a Thursday. I take my normal exit, right, when I'm getting on I-35 South, right over by the Goldsby store, and I'm feeling pretty good about things, you know, just driving, take the little roundabout, and then as soon as I hit the road to, to get on the exit, just taillights. 
taillights. No one's moving. I even kind of start to think, can I off-road it? Because there's a way around. Right? You can go back by where I guess there's another casino. Did you know of this? There's another casino off I-35. I think it's called the Goldsby Casino. Had no idea. There's this massive thought. I thought it was like a waste yard. I had no idea. But you can go around and actually usually bypass some of the problems if there are on I-35 right in front of the casino. But unfortunately, Josh, I turned around and there was a car right behind me. So taillights, nothing but taillights, man, everywhere the eye can see. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, I kind of started to think, should I text Perry or Gary or TJ and say, hey, there's a chance I'm going to be late. But no, you know what? I was, I was a good employee this morning. Josh, I left way early. You know, typically I'm like, let's see, the crossover starts at 8.45. I got about a 20-minute drive to work. Let's leave at 8.38, right? I mean, this just I like to challenge myself. But I, I thought, you know what, plenty of time. And I wait. I'm waiting 10 minutes, probably 15 minutes. And you're moving, right? It's like every little bit, and everyone's getting over to the left-hand lane. So I'm thinking, all right, I need to get over to the left-hand lane. And we're inching, inching forward. Then all of a sudden, at one point, it just opens up and everyone's fine. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. There, and I'm and here. I'm here to tell you right now. Before someone says, "Well, probably was," they clear the accident. I understand that, but if they clear that accident, it was the most amazingly rapid accident. <laughs> I mean, it was like Cavins was getting in there with water extraction. That's how quick this thing happened. They had to they had to helicopter it out, and the helicopter had to be invisible based on the amount of backup that we had. So I posed to you this morning on a foggy Thursday in Norman. Should I just be happy that, hey, listen, your wait was maybe an extra 10, 15 minutes on your drive, but it doesn't look like anyone got hurt. Things opened up. You know it just wasn't someone driving slow in the left-hand lane or anything like that. Do I let it go, or am I more angry because I don't have the conclusion, I don't have the finality of understanding why I was delayed in the first place? It sounds terrible to say, but if I see that there's a truck off the side of the road and everyone's trying to get around them, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. If I see it's a crash and hopefully everyone's saved, it's like, oh, that makes sense. When it's a mystery... Right? And there's no construction. I almost feel like I'm left with some sort of empty space in the rest of my day to figure out what in the world just happened. <laughs> How should I approach this? Yeah, it is very much a it's hardy, tough. It's a Hardy Boys situation here. You're trying to solve this mystery. I think you just got to let it go, man. Really? I was mad. <laughs> because I was listening to Toby and TJ. They were talking about. Um, I don't remember what they were talking about now because I just it's like for a moment when I got through it and I realized there was no there was no reason that anyone was not going anywhere right at least that I passed I lost my mind I'm like are you kidding me what are we doing right now isn't this America I thought this was America should be just holding up traffic but yeah so now this mystery will haunt me the rest of the day but you're saying just let it go just just Elsa style let it go let it go you made it and uh, made it right. made it on time, right? Everything everything's okay. No, no. I mean, I even there there's sometimes where I'll call TJ and I'm like, you stalled Toby a little bit or something because I need to actually <laughs> I need to get set up. Here is here's a couple things. Um Kindle writes, just be happy. Fair enough. 
Um, but here's here's the thing to me. I agree with you. Just be happy, right? No one seemed to have a wreck. Everything was good. But then there's this whole, why the hell were we backed up like this to begin with? <laughs> Indeed. What's going on? Ugh. All right. Thank you. I, if anyone happened to see what happened so I could feel better about it, I'd love to solve that mystery today. Please, please, please let me feel like there was a reason that I, and I missed the, sh- ugh, ugh, the shortcut was so set for today. It usually is a pointless shortcut, to be honest with you. But in this instance today, it would have worked. All right, well, I guess I should just be happy that I'm here. All right, so tomorrow is a big day on the program. We take the show to the 918. We've been proud to find a home on 1430 The Buzz for this station uh, and for this show for, what, close to going on two years now? And you can tell from the... You can tell from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. You can tell from, you know, Twitter and some of the people that I'm grateful to hear from that Tulsa peeps are finding us, and that's really cool. So we, uh, when Oklahoma plays Arkansas, it's kind of become, well, I can't say it's become a tradition. We did it last year, and we're going to do it this year. If we do it again next year, then I guess it can become a tradition that we'll take all of our shows, 6A to 6P, to to Tulsa and just spend the day hanging out in Teton. And it's big for me because – I, I have a lot of my great friends that I never hardly get to see because, well, I'm not allowed to. You never get grounded when you were a kid. There's a few of you I've been grounded from, but that's okay. We find our ways. But um, So we go spend the day in Tulsa. And for me, there's a lot of nostalgia in it, right? I moved from Tulsa in 2015, the summer of 2015. So I spent my entire adult life there. And it's really cool to get back. I moved to Tulsa in 93. It was the only job I had at 1430. And then in 2015, I came down here. So we're going to spend all day Friday in T-Town. And I want to go a little bit. I want to drill a little bit deeper than just being in Tulsa, right? It's one thing to say, hey, we're here. And, and hopefully, hopefully, I, I got I to be real clear, the... It's not as if we're saying, yeah, we're showing you we're going to spend one day. So that, No, no, no. There, there's obviously spending an entire day in T-Town is, is awesome enough. But you deserve more coverage of the University of Tulsa. You deserve more coverage, right? So I'm trying to drill a little bit deeper on Friday. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about TU Athletics. It'll be a trip down memory lane for some. It'll make some of y'all mad at me. Speaking of that, we'll get to the tweet a little bit later on in the program. But at the very least, from 10.30 to 11 tomorrow, we're going to talk with Rick Dixon. And the TU Athletic Director has committed to joining us at um, Tally's tomorrow. So how cool is that, Josh? In addition to a full day in T-Town in the 918, got shirts we're giving away. We celebrate this. It's a big deal for us. OU Arkansas is a big deal. But there's a part of me, there's a part of me as a TU alum that says, Ugh, we're coming to Tulsa, it's an OU Arkansas game. game excuse me. I, yeah, we're the home of Sooners, and this is, uh, this is where I live and love. But, man, I, I, I wish we could talk a little bit more about Tulsa. I wish we might be coming down for, say, a Tulsa OU game or something of that nature. But, regardless, we're going to spend a little time tomorrow talking about the Golden Hurricane, and Rick Dixon is going to join us on and, and what I understand, Josh, is based on the communication, based on the communication, it looks as if he's going to spend 30 minutes with us. So how cool is that? That is that is awesome for, I mean, fitting that it's on Tulsa Day, right? But uh, for our right. Tulsa listeners 
That's pretty cool. Uh, okay, I've got a few updates here. First of all, um, Crystal Codina says, you should just be happy you made it on time, and apparently there was an accident northbound I-35 this morning. Kevin Henry, Seatbelt Henry adds, it was your run-of-the-mill non-wreck wreck. If it's on I-35 northbound, why is it backing us up on southbound, Josh? That might why? be the greatest assessment I've ever heard. Your run-of-the-mill non-wreck <laughs> Thank you, wreck. <laughs> uh, oh, this is from a couple of others on I-35 real quick. There, uh, there are no shortcut planks, just other ways to get there. No, see, I disagree. I disagree. I think there are shortcuts. I, 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 will, I will die on this hill today. Just like there should still be two spaces after a period, I will die on the hill that there are shortcuts. Whoa, Suda two Ryan. spaces? Yeah, two spaces. Yeah, more space. Um, there were two squirrels chasing each other across I-35 back and forth. That's what the hold up. That's what it seems like. Um. And, and <laughs> yeah, kiddo. yeah, really good. Spend time talking to you. Home of the Sooner fans, not to you Golden Hurricane fans. He's joking, by the way. But back to the point before I was like the squirrel chasing these I-35 stories from this morning. I don't know. I just I wanted to spend some time seeing what's up. Kevin Wilson is the head coach. He's got Oklahoma ties. Now, Rick Dixon has an amazing amount of college athletics experience and i'd love to pick his brain about things like nil and uh, the the relationship between universities and collectives and really is tu uniquely positioned to where with some rather some rather lucrative donors that maybe they could they could create more of a i don't want to say pay for players mindset but where that could be a little bit more lucrative for a student athlete to go to to the 918 than it has been ever before so Tomorrow's going to be fun. I'm really excited about it. Got a few other feelers out. We'll wait and see if we hear back, but uh, I'm excited to go to Tulsa tomorrow and hopefully not be stuck in a non-accident accident uh, on I-35 or I-44 or, given my complaining about it, Josh, be the reason there is an accident. All right, let's take a break. There was a major topic we hit on yesterday to start this program, major topic, um, and it involved the legal side of things, and NIL. I don't know what the future of this conversation looks like, but for now, I asked the guy who kind of instigated it, lit the wick, if you will, uh, Bud Elliott, and we'll hear from him next. Plus, in the 11 o'clock hour, all 24-7 sports, essentially. Chris Hummer is going to join us. We'll talk the latest in the portal, and Joey Helmer as well. On a busy Thursday, live from Cavens, it's the Plank Show. All right, 8, 20, oh, I'm sorry, 9, 23 here. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Welcome to the Plank Show right here on The Ref. So, lot to get to on the show today. We added another name to the portal for Oklahoma yesterday, Josh. It was Josh Ellison. Maybe a guy that contributed a little bit more than most that we saw in the portal. And, you know, it's interesting because I saw it. I think it was maybe Eddie. You see all these numbers, and I honestly... I don't think that we're seeing the freak out over the numbers like I was concerned we would. I don't know if maybe it was, listen, we're not stupid. No, I'm not saying anyone's dumb, but we'll tend to knee-jerk on things that we don't need to knee-jerk on, right? He's like, oh, my gosh, no team has more players in the portal than Oklahoma. Is that a sign that something's wrong? I don't think you've heard a single soul 
that's an OU fan that says that, that gets it, follows it, and pays attention. You maybe have some questions about what, three, maybe four guys? The OEs, though it made sense, right? He was in the portal once, came out, stuck around for this year. He, Brent Venables even said it. He wants to go somewhere and be a starter, so good on Theo. Maybe Nick Evers, just based on the potential that was seen there, is a late signing that came in with Levy, but you could kind of see the writing on the wall when the – with the commitment of Jackson Arnold and then what he's become and knowing that it appears from everything I've seen, Dylan Gabriel's coming back. I know we looked into it and read into a lot of what he said after Tech, but looks like he's coming back. And what, maybe maybe Josh Clay, – Clayton Henry is one that – or Clayton Smith, excuse me, is one that a, a lot of people were mad about because they saw the potential in, like, the body type and the size and, you know, I – I'm sure there's a message board thread out there somewhere from a year ago today where someone was telling you how incredible Clayton Smith is going to be in this defense for Brent Venables. Just wait till BV gets his hands on him, and it just never really materialized. But that wasn't on the field one, nor was Evers. So really from a production standpoint of what the 16 names that we see in there now, Josh, you're really only losing two guys that even really truly stepped on the field on any kind of regular basis. I think for every every single name that's in the transfer portal, there's a reason that you can draw for why they're in the transfer portal for Oklahoma. There's not not really one guy in there where you're like totally puzzled for OU. Now, somebody like a Theo Weiss, you you were hopeful that uh, he saw his opportunity at Oklahoma to continue to – morph into a number one, number two wide receiver at OU, but you get it, right? Nick Evers, again, uh, blue-chip quarterback, so you're like, well, man, you'd really like to keep Nick Evers for the quarterback depth, but you got Jackson Arnold coming in, you've got Dylan Gabriel, we think, coming back to Oklahoma, so you get it, right? Alton Tarver, Cedric Roberts, the the two young defensive linemen, those two I'm I'm disappointed in from a development standpoint. You were hopeful that just the – just the, the sheer size of those two, the body type, you'd like to keep those two in the program because, again, those are defensive tackle types that maybe Oklahoma in recent memory hasn't had in the past. But from, again, yes, a immediate impact standpoint, okay, you get it, right? So uh, up and down the list, all 16, we could do this and make uh, sure a list of why they're leaving, right, why they're in the portal. It would, it would make sense. There's and and it's wild. I was listening a little bit to the unofficial forty this morning too, and it's kind of wild when you compare and contrast the feeling in a place like Norman, as opposed to what's going on at at Tulsa. I, did I say Tulsa? I'm sorry. At Oklahoma State, what you what you've seen happen, you know, where it appears like every Nebraska player is in the portal right now, right? You just you're seeing quality dudes that you're like, whoa, why are they in the portal? This sucks. So, again, that's not a finger-pointing, ha-ha, anything of that nature. That's not my point. It's just I've been proud to see the lack of a freakout from fans over the number because, you know, what did we set the over-under at? What did, what, what would, what did we set out when we were talking? 13? 14? And they, they hit the over, at least for now, pretty quickly. 
but we still haven't had, of those 14, anyone that was in our jaw-dropping, our gut-punch list. Nick Everett was maybe on the fringe of it, but I think most kind of get what the future looks like at the quarterback position for OU. I would say the, the, the counter, too, we're starting to see a few names trickle out, but for my content-needy self, Josh, there is a part of me that's a little bit upset we haven't had more signings out of the portal yet, right? I mean, we're still we're still in a spot to where, hold on, I, I, I just had the, the portal update from uh, on three here. We're still in a situation where on the overall number, well, this isn't updated because this only has 1,100 enter the portal, but you've only had like 3% of the names that are in there that have even committed. So still a long way to go on that front, right, with, with guys and only nine, only nine total players have withdrawn their name for the portal so far. So anyway, I mean, I, I would assume we're going to start seeing that wave turn where we get more commitments or signings, or do you think it drags out even longer? I think that probably we're waiting until at least after Christmas and probably after the new year. That's just with the holidays mixed in there. I don't know that we're going to see a ton of movement until after the new year. And then as soon as January 1st goes by, I think all of a sudden that week uh, okay, that week after the what would be what the semifinal games, I think that's the uh-huh. week where – Boom! All of a sudden, you could you could see a ton of names. Maybe next week, maybe next week, and then if not next week, I think you're waiting a little while before you start seeing really some movement and decisions be made because they have until mid January. Sure, there's no Russia. So yesterday on this program, we got into a conversation about are we ever going to get to the point where beyond just a scholarship, there's contractual things between a player and a collective, where if they decide to go somewhere else, there might be a legal recourse to keep them from doing so or to recoup any money that was paid. I asked um, Bud Elliott 24-7, right? I asked Bud Elliott about it yesterday when I had a chance to talk to him about the portal. And he, Here's what he said about what he thinks the legal future will be for NIL. You know, I, I think it would all depend on, on the player's uh, representation and, and also the collective's appetite for suing a player like right now i'm not aware of any collective that has ever sued a player uh but at some point i imagine it will happen but the thing is is that really a good look because these collectives work in tandem officially or unofficially depending on the state with the school's recruiting efforts so if a kid doesn't fulfill his obligations and jumps uh are are you really going to sue him and hold him to that deal i i don't know uh it's sort of questionable it you also have the element of these deals are not supposed to be inducements to attend a specific school. So your reason for suing them can't be, hey, you're, you stopped going to the school that I graduated from and then I'm a booster for, right? It has to be like a material breach. We also don't know, like, what if a kid jumps, maybe signed a, a big deal with a school in, in the SEC or something last year, made a bunch of noise, and he tells the school or the school's collective, hey, you still got to pay me. Right. Like other, otherwise, we're going to counter sue me and say that, no, like this was not an inducement to come to this school. It, I think you kind of got to price that that uh, potential liability into the deal. I thought of it that way either, Josh. Kind of it goes both ways, too. <laughs> hey, man, you you promised me this amount of money. I I'm going to move on. But you also promised me if I came here and I came here. So, you know, I've got 
I've got the time, and I want to get my 50K, 100K, 300K, whatever it is. I will say, I I just don't know, Josh, for now, and again, we're still somewhat in the early phases, I don't know if that's a road we want to go down. Not just for student-athlete, but for the collectives and for the university. And don't we have enough legal in the sports world today? I just... Again, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong here. I'm just saying there's certain avenues that I hope we never have to worry about going down, and there's one of them. Yeah, it gets messy real quick, right? Oh. I mean, the the inducement angle to it, and then, uh, you know, like like he said, I mean, there is that gray area of, well, yeah, you you, you got to pay me, but uh, also I didn't come here because you said you were going to pay me, right? It's Even though everybody knows that you're attending that school because probably their NIL package might be better than another school's NIL package. That's why I hope there's yeah. any sort of future where we can get to just an allotted financial amount for each school okay. or a revenue-sharing model of some some way, shape, and form for conferences. Breaking news out of the NFL. Did you just see this? No. Baker, Baker Mayfield is in line to start tonight if John Wofford can't go. This would completely and totally implode one of my takes that a quarterback needs at least two weeks to get ready when he moves to a new team. <laughs> I, I I know it's against the Raiders, and I hope he plays well, but I hope he plays well enough just to lose by, like, seven or eight. That's all I want. Baker, go light him up tonight. Here's the problem. You don't have an offensive line, and suddenly Chandler Jones realizes he can rush the passer. So I don't know if that would end well for Baker tonight. I can't believe I'm saying that about a Raiders team right now. What's wrong with me, Josh? Am I okay? That's a positive take on the Raiders. Anyway, Raiders we'll have more on that breaking news. They're, they're, they've won three in a row. Of course, they beat three of the worst teams in the NFL in doing so. It don't matter. Uh, and I know, the, I know the Chargers are good, but they're so beat up, it's not even funny. All right, quick break. It is 934. So oh, I want to follow up then on one more portal thing from Bud Elliott, and then we'll uh, we'll move to your text messages. What is the going rate for a marquee quarterback? I, I My jaw dropped. We'll talk about it next right here on The Ref. You know, Josh, you brought up a good point, too, during the break. It's a plank show. We're live from Cavens on a Thursday tomorrow. Join us in Tulsa. Cavens is available in Tulsa, too, um, in the Tulsa area, 918-282-7612. That's Tulsa Stillwater area. But – if the athlete then signs that deal once they're on campus, then maybe they can go after it, right? It's a matter of, you know, when and, and how that deal materialized. If you want to get into the – and, again, there, there's a lot smarter people than us that are drawing up these contracts to make sure that everyone is safe. But I just – I can't help but wonder at some point – if it doesn't become an issue with the massive amount of guys who appear to be pretty high-profile recruits – that leave a place after one year. That's that's the whole idea behind, hey, can this thing get legal? Well, and just given the nature of name, image, and likeness, since it can't be for an inducement, technically it has to be after you're on campus, right? The language of everything that you're inking or a part of with the collective, and I don't know right. the, the ins and outs of the strengthening Oklahoma or the Crimson and Cream Collective. I, I've not seen the language on the paper for, for any of it, right? But just judging right. off the basics of these collectives, 
it's got to be centered around the idea that, no, it, it can't be an inducement. It has to be after you're on campus. So from that standpoint, I could then flip around and say, yeah, I think that if you don't honor what, uh, what it says, then, yeah, maybe they could go after you. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, interesting gray area. It Probably it's just uh, we're just ticking along here until, yes, somebody says, eh, yeah, you didn't really hold up your end of the bargain. Right. All right. So, what is the going rate now for these quarterbacks? I'm I'm not going to pretend to have a good feel for it. I think we've often joked on this show, Josh. What? Whatever you hear from a number perspective that someone is doing, divide it in in half. But I found this interesting in talking to 24/7's Bud Elliott about the going rate and what a quarterback could potentially get, like specifically a Spencer Sanders and a Hudson card in the portal right now? So as, as far as dollars, um, you know, I, I don't know what everybody is is going to get, um, but I, I think if you are able to secure like one of the top portal quarterbacks for their for their senior year or, or, or for their, their one year, I, I think these guys are going to make a million or two million for, for one year, right? I mean, like you need to, to give them enough money to persuade them not to go try to be a sixth or seventh round draft pick. You know, I, I use the, uh, the, the Brock Purdy example where he was, I think his signing bonus was like 70 or 80 K. Um, you know, if I'm able to collect 900 K or, or 1.5 or whatever from a collective, that, that just makes so much more sense than going and try to be a seventh rounder. There's really no guarantee that you make a roster, right? In, in NFL, it's not for long. I, I think it just really depends on, on the guy, you know, I mean, what, what did it take to get Michael Penix to come back to school? I, I don't know, but the guy's got some serious tools, so I imagine that, that he got something. Um, you know, what will it take to keep uh, to keep a Michael Pratt at, at Tulane, for instance, right? It, or is he going to hit the portal and, and, and see what he can get on the open market? I do think a million or two million is not crazy to think for the very best of guys. Which is wild. You know, Lane Kiffin joked last year's, hey, if I was Bryce Young, I'd jump right in the portal, but you know, we're I, I, again going back to the conversation you were having on your podcast Monday. If a Drake May happens to jump in the portal, but that's a national championship caliber move, right? If he goes to yeah, Georgia, that, Alabama, or Ohio State. But we, we should have put an asterisk on, on what I just said. If Drake May jumps in, uh, it's not one to two million. I mean, if Drake May, <laughs> if, he, if he goes, if he goes to Bama, Georgia, or Ohio State. I think it makes them like instantly the 2023 title favorite, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's being bandied about as the number one overall pick along with right. Caleb Williams for, for the upcoming draft. That's probably more in that four or five million dollar range. I, I asked some people who run personnel departments today speculate that they would take like seven million. I'm like, that. okay. Um, question. Yeah. You buying that? I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm buying it. Didn't we hear $2 million for Bryce Young? Yeah, we did. Which, okay, so then imagine Bryce Young is, is, able, is able to go and do what Lane Kiffin suggested, which is put himself in the portal. What would have been his value this last offseason? Again, I don't – I mean, if you're getting the opportunity to where you could get upwards of $7 million, I just – 
I mean, like my head, I can't wrap my mind around that right now. And again, it's guys who are going to have generational wealth, right? When Drake May, when he gets drafted, is going to get paid enough money to where his family and his kids' family are set if they invest wisely, right? Unless they go and put it all in, I don't know, hor- gambling. Unless they just go gamble it all away. Make, I'm, make I'm poor decisions, trying. right? If you're just Thank any you. sort right. of moderate with your money, yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be good. So, so I so even in that, even in that, Josh. Seven mil would be a lot of money be, to be able to come up with to say in any collective situation, hey, we want to bring you here. I mean, I I, I kind of got lightheaded thinking about it. I guess my point, too, that I thought of, man, I sure don't want to be in that game. I sure don't want to be in that game. I don't want to have to get into a bidding war with my quarterback. But I get the sense that of all the things that have stood out to me from the portal, that's it, right? Quarterbacks, they're always going to have an upper hand. And, listen, Drake May came out last night and said, well, he didn't say anything. He just sent a tweet that basically seemed to reaffirm his commitment to North Carolina. There wasn't, Josh, there wasn't a, there wasn't a vague, this is what my brand is about. There was a very, very clear, hey, could never leave this place. I'm a Tar Heel. So I don't know. I don't know if he would be on the open market, but and like I said, I hear some of these, and I try to immediately divide them by two, if not more. I think that's why. But okay, because I was going to say I don't think Spitzer Sanders would get a million dollars. No, I, no, no. I don't either. I, I think then, that uh, I don't think five hundred thousand in the right situation is is crazy, but uh, you know, similarly, even though Drake May is that generational talent, I just think you know, based on what you're hearing. I, I, several months ago, people were bandying it about as though Ohio State was in the neighborhood of eleven million total. That uh, it, right. and that was what they're, you know, s- sending out to everybody. So I mean, right. are, are you really going to is CJ Stroud getting four million of that eleven? I get that he's the right. quarterback, but I don't know. I it's, the figures to me, I don't think that adds up. I could see a couple million. Like we saw for Bryce Young, that's probably where the market's at. And I don't know, by the way, if the market's finished, right? I don't think the market has been decided yet. There might be no. one one school or one collective that's just so crazy enough for a Drake May to, to do that. But I, in no way, shape, or form do I think that's the norm. And even though Drake May is that generational-type talent, I, I don't think the – I don't think a lot of schools are lining up to try and try and give Drake May four million dollars. Boy, what a world! That if if we could, that's wild. All right, quick break. We'll hit the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line to wrap up hour number one. Gary Cavins is going to join us uh, after the top of the hour. If you're seeing a lot of rain, maybe flooding in your area, Gary's got you covered. And is there a deeper future involving conferences? when it comes to NIL. We'll get into it next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. We are hanging out at Cavens. Is that how that song goes? It just randomly shifts like that? Oh, yeah. It's pretty pretty funky, huh? I was going to say, whoa. 
Uh, carpet cleaning, air duct cleaning, dryer vent cleaning specials. One call handles it all. Cavens, 405-573-3048 and 918-282-7602. You want some text messages here? Let's talk to the people. I'm sure they uh, are excited about Bud Elliott. <laughs> there's there's a few. <laughs> and I got to admit, from, from Camo Sooner, I thought this was actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> he writes, wait, 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 let me. Let me make sure I get this all figured out. So what I'm gathering is that the NCAA may not have completely thought out the impacts and ramifications of NIL. Who could have anticipated that? Well, I think that's what we've been saying for two years now, right? I mean, my my favorite analogy is I, um, I love to play blackjack. I love to play blackjack. And what does a dealer do whenever he moves on to or she moves on to the next table? Take their hands, clap them. Got to wipe across the table and move on. You say thank you. Um, that's what the NCAA did when it came to NIL. It's like, hey, you guys got oh, it. But then they stopped kind of on their way out and said, yeah, two quick rules, no enticement, and let's throw, throw some scheduling things in there. All right, see you all. That was it. And so then you have all these compliance departments and, I mean, people that in some ways are wondering, okay, w- what could be the fallout here, right? Is this, is this really how it's going to be? Who's going to enforce this? How do we make sure we keep our program from getting hit with sanctions or anything of that nature? Are we even are we even necessary anymore? Do we need compliance? Right? And that was it. So, yeah, it was, I think the best way to put it, kind of as poor of a decision as the NCAA has made in implementing something. Now, Listen, I'm not going to fight anyone over, well, what about so-and-so's eligibility? And when the NCAA decided this, in Oklahoma State basketball, yes, terribly poor decisions. But in just not providing more guardrails or guidelines for NIL, Josh, I think think the NCAA failed itself miserably and its constituents. Are we ever going to get to a point, I know some people like to describe it in this sense right now, but it's it's really – it's not the same, right? It's it's not right. a minor league for the National Football League because there's, again, not enough guidelines in place for it to be that. Do we ever get to a point to where essentially it is a minor league for the National Football League and each university gets a set amount of money that uh, – Maybe so. That basically you, you can dole out in terms of essentially contracts? I think so. I do. I do. Good. But – but then you can't text, you can't restrict you can't restrict a player from then on their own accord right striking up their own name image likeness deal beyond that which is probably where the gray area will always exist right sure absolutely absolutely and you know Trav hit it on the head it's a slippery cl- uh, slope right I mean you have the Supreme Court ruling that put the NCA in a tough spot and the NCA fails when they have easy tasks. This one's a little bit more challenging, and it's and it's a disaster. And 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 I'm I'm here to tell you, I'm not one of those. It's like defund the NCAA, right? Get rid of them. I'm I'm not that guy. I think that, dude. I you want to talk about unintended consequences? Ugh. I think there'd be some major ones on that front. But I also think that it can be run much better. Plain and simple. Uh, the nine one eight hits us up on the text line with this. I bet at the end of the day, none of the 16 names comes as any surprise to BV and the staff. I agree. 
I think if you listen to the cut that we've played a couple of times from the Brent Venables presser on Sunday, if you missed it, it's available on the not just our podcast. Simply search KREF, and I think we played it, what, an hour or two yesterday? But it's also available on the Sooner Sports Podcast at Soonersports.com slash podcast. I mean, he kind of said it. And in, in, in what some now are like, what, that seemed kind of harsh. Did you see Deion Sanders? <laughs> right? But he was like, hey, you know, some of those guys just they weren't able to find an itch or, you know, create a role for themselves. So I don't think they're surprised by any of them. Here's a good question to wrap up hour number two, or hour number one, and get you ready for hour two. From the 405, why is Oklahoma State falling apart? Is is it? Like, are, are any of these names a surprise to Mike Gundy? If we were the home of Cowboy fans, would we be sitting here going, yeah, we all kind of knew this with Trace Ford. We knew this with Colin Oliver. We knew this with Spencer Sanders. Or... Would these be on the list of gut punch, if not soul-crushing exits for the program? We knew this with Dominic Richardson. It's like, whoa. It just, it, I don't think, I don't think it would be viewed as, hey, these are some guys that we expected in the portal. No. I just don't. No, it's uh, much more, it's much more Theo East than not for Oklahoma State, right? I mean, you're talking about, yep. Spencer Sanders is your starting quarterback, that's right. I mean, that's and look. I don't want to say it's Caleb Williams, but it's it's of that vein, right? And while he had a decision to make, most everyone thought that decision was going to be between turning pro or returning to Oklahoma State. Oh, let's let's drill a little deeper next hour. Plus, what is the future of revenue sharing, and does it involve conferences? It's next right here on the ref.